All right, hello everyone, this is Peter Miller, again for another Smarter Than BPD podcast. Today is January 6, 2024. So, again, to briefly introduce myself, I am a registered psychologist in the province of Alberta in Canada. I've been uh, registered and practicing for uh, approximately 11 years, give or take. Since previous to that, uh, I had a range of experience being a provisional psychologist. So it's roughly, I guess, more like 11 to 14 years, somewhere in there. And then studying psychology for a long time before that in school. So anyway, uh, to make a long story short, it's it's uh, made up a large portion of my life. Um, and in the last uh, 10 years or so, I have been very much focused on trying to understand borderline personality disorder because it was relevant to myself and my life experience my health and well-being. I uh, have a website called freebpdcourse.com where you can go and check out my free course uh, to help those suffering from borderline personality disorder and where you can otherwise learn more about uh, me, my practice, my offerings and how I look at things. So. For today's episode, I wanted to talk about the brain specifically and how the the brain is affected uh, with persons who suffer from borderline and how it's different uh, from those who don't. I would also like to talk about stigma Uh, and I guess some of the reasons I would be so open about suffering from borderline personality disorder, even though I'm trying to like make it in this world. And some might say it's kind of foolish to like identify yourself that way because it would kind of scare people off or limit your opportunities. And there may be some truth to that. Uh, But I think breaking stigma is one of the most important things we can possibly do. And being willing to talk openly about this subject, no matter who you are, where you come from, what you do, sort of like it would be no different, you know, than you if you're talking about diabetes or cancer or, you know, any other health issue. So anyway, to start, I mean, let's talk about the brain and um, some of the brain parts that are affected. And it is um, important to understand what's happening uh, in the brain because it actually changes the whole way that we look at this condition and the way we look at others suffering from this condition, the way we the way we judge, the way we might judge ourselves. So there's like four or five parts roughly and like uh, 
yes, I am a psychologist. And yes, I've learned a lot. I'm not a I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not a brains uh, you know, I'm not a brain surgeon. Uh, but I do know that uh, the limbic system in the kind of deep down center in the brain is an important piece and uh, three parts in the limbic system are highly relevant to what we're talking about here and these are the amygdala the hippocampus and the hypothalamus so the you know the amygdala is the the emotion center it's like a small walnut down there and uh for people with BPD, the amygdala is overactive. So it's perceiving threat, it's sending out threat signals, it's uh, turning up the emotions in the system more than is needed. So it might register a situation as like an eight out of 10 threats when it's maybe more like a three or a four. And the other parts that uh, work with the, uh, the amygdala, the, the hippocampus, which has a lot to do with uh, storage of memories and attaching emotions to memories. Uh, the hypothalamus, um, it regulates the autonomic nervous system. And so you end up with, you know, these parts they're supposed to send and relay information between each other and when they aren't doing what they need to do in an optimal way uh, a person ends up uh, being like overly excited overly fearful um, overly upset uh, and it's important to note here and uh, i just wanted to quickly reference uh, where i gleaned some of this information or you know reminded myself of some of this information uh, but a book by Sharina Rooney called The Big Book on Borderline Personality Disorder I mean she has some a really nice explanations in there sort of just very uh, like layman's terms and I really appreciate that kind of uh, way of understanding things you know that can be understood generally uh, books like that it um, it's what we need we need to be able to understand this stuff uh, so that we can apply it to ourselves and she did a really good job specifically uh, in the, some of the early chapters chapters two and three if I'm not mistaken about the brain uh, so you know basically what I'm saying here uh, about the the limbic system is just kind of reiterating what she was saying and so check out that book and it's loaded with other great stuff as well so we I mean we need to understand that the it isn't like a choice this is this is the key piece it, it isn't a choice when someone uh, overreacts when they have BPD they inherited this predisposition and uh, they never learned how to manage this genetic uh, uniqueness uh, early in their life and so when something happens in their environment and the like the threat center in the brain starts getting overactivated it's not like they're choosing that and this is where a lot of people go wrong 
like when they're responding to someone with BPD, they might be like, you know, this, you know, you're choosing your response, but they are not choosing their response. The brain takes over and, and then they are left scrambling with this false uh, information, this uh, overreaction. They're literally trying to stay safe as though they are truly under threat. And so that's what the reactions and the behaviors will look like. Someone who is like they're running away from, you know, uh, a a saber-toothed tiger, you know, or, or a big dinosaur, whatever. Like it's like the threat seems real. Uh, And for people to understand this is important so they can be like, oh, this person needs support coming back into uh, a, a more emotionally regulated place. They don't need judgment. They don't need criticism. They don't need threats uh, because none of that is helpful. In fact, it just makes the situation worse. And that's often what happens in relationships and families and you know, I'll have to do another whole podcast on that. This sort of how people who love each other accidentally make it worse. Uh, because it's just like the, the responses and behavior of someone with BPD make no sense to them. Uh, and so they immediately invalidate what uh, they see. Tell them not to think that way, not to feel that way. Even though it seems absolutely real... To the person with BPD, and again, please remember the, the they are not choosing this response. It is uh, a built-in uh, issue that they need to become acutely aware of through practice and learning and strengthening their ability to differentiate real from perceived danger, and it can be done. It just takes time and practice and, uh, you know, an an amazing amount of effort, actually. And that's what makes people with BPD amazing. You know, they're willing, hopefully, (laughs) willing to go through this journey of relearning how to live in their body and with their emotions and how to, like, literally, like, recalibrate their brain develop new neural pathways uh, capitalize on what's called neuroplasticity which means we can we can make new pathways in the brain when we uh, when we are purposefully taking approaches to try and do so and that's also noted in Sharina Rooney's book is neuroplasticity neural pathways uh, and the part I left out was the prefrontal cortex uh, which evolutionarily is one of the most advanced things that we have which uh, is where our executive functioning goes on which means like where we make a lot of decisions the part of the brain that can govern the emotions if it is uh, working optimally right so something might for example, really upsets you, 
<clears throat> something someone says and then the prefrontal cortex kicks in and you can go, oh, I'm not going to react like that in this situation because it wouldn't be in my best interest. But uh, often for people with BPD, that part of the brain is kind of underactive. So you basically have an overactive limbic system, right? All the emotional parts and related parts to the emotion. And then you have uh, an underactive uh, prefrontal cortex. And a lot of this has to do with uh, uh, stress response, hormones, adrenaline, and cortisol being circulated through uh, the system and in the brain more than uh, is helpful. And when you have too much cortisol, it can affect and deteriorate parts of the brain so that they don't work in an optimal way. So it becomes really like a really a vicious circle. You um, over you get overactive, uh, and then these the stress hormones uh, uh, undermine these parts of the brain, which then leads to probably more overreacting. So it I mean it's vital that a person learns what's going on here so that they can start to learn more about how to take care of themselves and manage this thing so that the, this, uh, the experience and the condition doesn't get worse and worse uh, and that they, you know, their life doesn't turn into something where they can't function very well, very well at all in any situation because that can and it does happen for people with borderline. And again, sadly, people who don't get it, who don't understand the condition will say, well, you know, it was just all their choosing. <laughs> it was just all they made, they made their bed, right? Like, and it's just, it comes from such a place of tremendous ignorance and stupidity. These uh, judgments uh, from people who don't understand mental health and have probably never cracked a book on mental health or especially borderline personality disorder. Uh, and I hope when you're hearing this that you will um, begin to have more compassion on yourself, that this isn't uh, something that is totally under your control. You can learn to manage it, you can get smarter and you can get stronger. Uh, it just takes time and uh, the right um, the right information, the right exercises, which uh, are available, uh, freely available, if you want to learn more at uh, freebpdcourse.com. It's all in there. Uh, everything that I've ever learned is in there. And I'm, I'm not saying that I have it perfectly mastered, but I think, I think I've reached a level of mastery where I can apply it in most situations. I do have hiccups. Uh, which I think is kind of understandable and normal. Like even if you're a, even if you're a professional golf player like Tiger Woods, you still have an off day sometimes, right? And you know you don't always play the perfect game. So I mean, even if even if you learn this stuff inside and out, and you know you get strong and smart, you're still going to have off days. But it won't deteriorate as bad as it could have and has it as it might have in the past. Um, so yeah, let's talk here a little bit about um, stigma. 
the how people get judged for having this title called borderline personality disorder it sounds so ugly right it sounds so dreadful so scary uh but i mean is that fair really to people who uh, are doing their best to um, try and deal with something that they didn't even ask for uh, in their in their life like and this runs in families it is is highly genetic um one of the quotes in sharina rooney's book there is called it says um uh that nature uh arms the gun environment pulls the trigger uh which basically means so you you, you inherit these predispositions these vulnerabilities uh, to suffer with emotion regulation problems and all related things. And then the people, you know, the people that you're around, the environment that you're in, if it doesn't get it at all, uh, what you are dealing with, then it just sort of makes it, it activates it all and it makes it worse. Like people, if they are invalidating your emotions all over the place, which is something I see, have seen very commonly in working with people, um, their families, members, make it worse. And then they do it to themselves. So uh, if you're being invalidated all over the place, then eventually you start doing it to yourself, right? I shouldn't feel this way. This is ridiculous, right? So you start doing these things that actually don't help you to regulate your emotions at all. And so you make your own condition worse because I guess you start to think, well, that's the way I'm supposed to talk to myself because <laughs> uh, that's the way the people who apparently uh, who, who care about me and love me, that's the way they talk to me. And they're, they're only trying to help me. Right? So I better talk to myself like that. But it doesn't work uh, is what I'm telling you, I guess, uh, at this point. So stigma, I mean, a better... Um, a better title for borderline would be emotion regulation disorder because it's it's more it's more accurate. Uh, borderline came from like way back when they thought people with uh, BPD were on the cusp of neurosis and uh, psychosis, like just neurosis being general, just regular anxiety and depression, and psychosis being like full psych psychotic breaks. <clears throat> Which is sort of makes sense because uh, people with BPD have a hard time kind of being in reality because their threat system is, is constantly um, telling them that they're in more danger than they are. Uh, and then they react as though they are and it turns into all the dramas that you see. So, I mean, I guess the original, the original title is, it sort of makes sense, but... For some reason, it's just sort of a name that does 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 not come across well, and um, when when people hear it, they just kind of get freaked out. And sometimes even like mental health professionals will talk about people with BPD like they're untreatable, or uh, you know that uh, you know like you better run because they're going to like destroy your destroy your life, <laughs> or they're going to like make things uh, you know horrible kind of thing. Uh, you know, and admittedly, things can get quite ugly if you don't understand anything. 
if you don't uh, have any way to effectively offer any help or support, if you're just going to be ignorant and, and make things worse by pro providing responses that are just consistently unhelpful, um, and you know, and not guide your loved one to your loved one towards helpful resources. So yes, I mean it can get uh, ugly, but does that mean people with BPD are not good humans, or they don't have the potential to be good humans? Like, holy Dinah, how false is that? Uh, people with uh, this condition can get very strong, very knowledgeable. They can manage it. They do have many uh, good qualities beyond the disorder. And the disorder is not something that should ever define them as a person. It is something that they are dealing with and very bravely, again, I must say, very courageously. Uh, I think a lot of people would um, want to give up in the face of this condition. And in fact, 8 to 10% of people do, sadly, uh, commit suicide because it's so challenging to, to figure it out, uh, especially if you are without people around you who understand and without the right resources. It can, it can seem like a hopeless scenario, like you, you just can't win and everything you do and everything you say is like turned against you and just makes it worse and worse and worse. That's what it can feel like. It doesn't have to be that way, but that's what it can feel like. So, I mean, that's all I'm going to say today about stigma. I want uh, just to reinforce the idea that you are a good human being regardless of this condition and you can find your way out. And uh, if the people who are um, in your life, if they can understand this, they can also see that. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, BPD is treatable. So thanks for listening today, and I will be talking to you very soon. Mm -hmm.